0: Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation while checking in on a terraforming project. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the Enterprise finds that the supposedly lifeless world has a secret the first inorganic life form. But the organism has a boner to pick with the beings who have wrecked its home. Did you oh. just say boner? I sure did, and it says bone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, that seems like the kind of typo I would make, like 100%.
0: Let's keep it. Fuck it. I'm in a mood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> From February 20th, or twenty, 20- because I didn't put the T after the with the H there. From February 20th, 1988, it's season one, episode 17, Home Soil, or
0: Life... Uh, Finds a way. <laughs> With that boner to pick. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are the Matt generation. <laughs>
1: Need to be on my star trek bingo card but it did make me think back fondly to our our movie special since terraforming featured so prominently it in sure star trek two II and three um, i wonder
0: i wonder if they're using david's work to make this terraforming possible i wonder if you know the genesis project has anything to do with the genesis of this terraforming
1: you know, it just might but didn't David break some international science regulations or intergalactic science regulations to make his his he progress did. in that area?
0: The Federation definitely had a boater to pick with him too.
1: Well then he deserved to die. And I deserve to not give a shit about him <laughs> as a character.
0: <laughs> Which is good because you didn't have a reason to anyway. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Those hey,
1: Klingon bastards, they killed my son. <laughs>
0: Those uh, Klingon bastards, they've killed my son.
1: Alternate Shackner-lined readings.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, to tour de force, it was not.
1: When cloning becomes a thing that's widespread, I, w- I need to make sure that I have a little bit of William Shatner's DNA so that I can clone him about 80 times and set up an all-Shatner brothel and call it the Love Shack. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. It'll be very popular. But hey, It's I mean, as
1: big as a whale and it seats about 20, so you know what? <laughs> Hot.
0: Hot. Um, what's going to happen with the old bills? Are you going to just keep having generations of them? Are you going to let them die off naturally?
1: No, I'm going to farm them out to uh, community theaters. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah, they'll just play, they'll just play the the
1: elderly roles that they that they need filled in their different in their different productions. We'll have uh, Bill Shatner as the the Mikado in the Mikado. Uh, we'll have Bill Shatner as uh, Fagin in Oliver Oliver, and of course Bill Shatner as Tevye Cameron,
0: <laughs> and Bobby and Company for some reason.
1: Oh my God! Can you imagine Shatner? Doing uh, Shack, shachter Shackner, Shack, Shack, Shackner, Bill, William Shatner doing Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof. Once again, this is William Shatner doing Tevia in
0: Fiddler on the Roof. That wasn't very nice. Is this the little cat I carried? Is this the little girl at play?
1: I'd see my wife, my Goldie, looking like a rich man's wife with a proper double chin. (laughs) Screaming at the servants day and night. Tradition. 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 Puffs on his cigarette. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Okay, I'm gonna do the thing before we go any farther with this hot mess. Expect
1: and hey, Chekhov plays model the tailor.
0: <laughs> of course he does.
1: Wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles.
0: <laughs> God took a tailor by the hand,
1: in glorious Russian tradition.
0: <laughs> I mean, they are in Russia, so it's they are in Russia. It's perfection. It's everything we hoped. Actually, he could just play all of the suitors. <sighs> including the fucking soldier guy. What's his name? I don't remember. Well, enough of that tangent. Cameron, (laughs) the thing, if you would. On Stardate 463.9, the Enterprise arrives at the terraforming colony of Valara 3, as the project is behind schedule, and Starships act as middle managers, apparently. (laughs) Nice. They. They do, I guess. They were diverted from something... Hey, I don't something...
1: know anything about what's going on here. Explain it to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were diverted from something much less interesting. Exploring the Pleiades, or the Seven Sisters of Taurus. The seven sister stars, you know, in the constellation. Mm. Just go and map them and shit. The director, Kurt Mandel, played by Walter Gotell, which is probably my favorite rhyme that has ever happened, happened stentially here on the Met Generation, insists that they are on time, but Captain Picard orders an away team to the surface after Troy senses that Mandel is hiding something. After they arrive, <laughs> one of Mandel's teams is killed by a malfunctioning laser drill, which is a bummer. During his inspection terrible. of the tool, because Data loves expecting inspecting tools, it begins to fire at him, but his quick android reflexes allow him to dodge the shot and render the drill harmless. He finds the programming of the laser was rewritten to fire upon the staff. Nearby, a crystal is discovered, giving off irregular light and radiation patterns. The crystal is brought aboard the Enterprise to study, and Picard orders a halt to the terraforming, which pisses off the locals. Dr. Crusher and Data discover the crystal may be alive. I mean alive! (laughs) When the crystal (laughs) attempts to interact with the Enterprise computers, it is placed in a containment force field. The crystal begins to grow... And gains access to the computer's translation program and attempts to communicate with the true, with the crew, not the true, treating the, true the crew. humans <laughs> as an enemy, derisively calling them ugly bags of mostly water, <laughs> which is what I'm calling humans from now on. Yeah, not not wrong. Picard discovers that Mandel and his team previously encountered the crystals at the time and they had possibly considered that they were alive, but Mandel, because he's a gigantic, gaping asshole, insisted on continuing the terraforming. The terraformers used a drilled process used a drilling process responsible for removing the saline water layer from the water table of Valara 3. The saline layer acted as a conductor allowing the separate crystals to function as one life form. In a defensive response to the drilling, the crystal life form rewrote the laser software and attacked the terraformers. Data's hypothesis that a single crystal is not intelligent, but when linked to other crystals is informidably intelligent, proves true. As the crystal in the life form accesses higher level functions of the Enterprise computer, Picard and the crew try to transport it to the surface, but the crystal blocks all attempts to transport it off the ship. Data and LaForge discover the presence of cadmium in the crystal and suggest... Suspect, not suggest. They suspect it has photoelectric properties. They disable the lights in the medical lab, and the crystals immediately beg for their lives. Picard peacefully negotiates the return of the crystal lifeform to the surface of the planet, where Starfeet will institute a quarantine, leaving the lifeforms to live in peace and telling the terraformers to fuck themselves in the ass. And so ends Home Soil. <laughs>
1: That was my favorite quote of this episode when Picard says, and you, terraformers, go fuck yourselves (laughs) in the ass. Yes,
0: sir. (laughs) I don't mean that as
1: any sort of pejorative to those of you who enjoy fucking yourselves in the ass, but it is a difficult feat. You need an elephant dick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not according to some online feeds. Anyway, moving on.
1: Cameron. What? (laughs) Ah, well... Aside from the uh, (laughs) game of Saw that took place with that laser drill, what did you love about this episode, Cameron?
0: (laughs) I actually loved quite a bit of it. I, um, I love that in the 21st century and on Star Trek The Next Generation, people are not necessarily, I mean, it's a very real depiction of evil where, you know, he's just doing what he thought was best for the project that made him make these horrible decisions, not... That he wants to destroy life for everyone. (laughs) You know what I mean. It's I've apparently gone mad. And you've left me.
1: No, I'm here. Oh. I was thinking of something witty to say, but it just didn't happen.
0: (laughs) It's like, sure. you know,
1: you turn over your car and it doesn't start, but then you turn it over again and it goes and you're like, well, what the hell was that about? <laughs> like, I know I'm going to have a good one here in a minute. So just keep talking and then I'll chime in with something undercutting and underhanded that makes makes a light of whatever brilliant point you're making while, you know, simultaneously building me up so I feel better about myself and we can perpetuate this system of uh, emotional abuse that you're somehow still doing with me.
0: But what were you saying? I mean, that is that is what we do here. I don't even remember.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, we're talking about things that we like about oh, this yes, episode. Yes.
0: I was saying that, uh, the depiction of evil is, you know, spectacular. Oh yeah. This guy, you know, was destroying an entire planet's worth of life, but brushed it off because, you know, it's what he was assigned to do. <laughs> the thing's not actually alive. It doesn't look like me.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's Evil. It takes a lot of little decisions before a big, bad decision can happen. Like, you do yep. a lot of little not caring, not changing what you're doing, not, like, we can all sit around and talk about how terrible global warming is, but few of us are going to change our behavior at all to have any impact. Oh, but I can't have any impact, you know, because I'm just one person. Yeah, but... That's what everyone's saying, and that goes with every major crisis and problem. I pick yeah. global warming because I'm a holier-than-thou asshole. But <laughs> you I mean think a vegan? That... <laughs> we said the same thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> but. <laughs> Every every little decision that he made after the discovery of these inorganic life forms. And notice uh, the men were in on it. Yep, they were. But uh, the one female technician, they didn't tell because I think on some level they knew that she would have the empathy to be like, oh, shit, we shouldn't do this. And the weird thing is, like, it's not like, say, the bad guys on a Captain Planet episode where they're just, oh, I'm going to do a bad thing because I'm a mustaching mustache twirling bad guy and it's not even a more realistic there's monetary incentive for me to continue what i'm doing Yeah, as far as i know it's a post-scarcity environment so it's like what are these guys getting paid by the federation and if so in what i I don't think they are like what that's not my understanding of how the society works but then again i don't know i could be wrong
0: (laughs) yeah i think they were just doing it for the glory probably but i mean you know (laughs) On Captain Planet, they were dumping toxic waste into ponds and lakes because they enjoyed doing such things. (laughs) Right. Just bright green canisters
1: of slime. Not even like the factory. That's my biggest bone of contention with Captain Planet. The factory only produced slime. Like, it's not like it made cars. It's not like it, 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 you know, made food products. It's like, no, they built a factory just to make pollution and that to me is the worst business strategy ever (laughs) nobody's buying our radioactive green slime god damn it we're so in the we're so in the red right now
0: well they do ship it off to the teenage mutant ninja turtles universe obviously
1: fair enough that would but there's only so many turtles that can afford you know high quality radioactive slime like that
0: (laughs) and so many rat dads
1: yeah right that's the whole premise of secrets of the ooze right T- TMNT2, Secrets of the Ooze. Is, uh, yep. The secret is it's expensive as fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're, interestingly enough, in a similar situation right now in the town that I'm in, in that there is an oil company who wants to drill in this county, which would be incredibly good for this economy. But they also want to dump all of their wastewater into one of our pristine Class A lakes. And they claim that it will be fine and that they will be treating the water to class B, but it's also hundreds of billions of gallons over a five-year prospect. So, And, I mean, who trusts oil companies? I don't.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, them and tobacco companies. I mean, sure, totally.
0: Eh. (laughs) We're going to treat this, wink. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine, wink. But so it's been really interesting to hear the people, you know, who are employed by oil companies vehemently defend their honor.
1: Yeah. Everybody's uh everybody's got their own, you know, there's good people on both sides. Good <laughs> people on both sides, that's what they say. That's what they say. Sure. I think this this was one of our more Nuanced and realistic depictions of people doing bad that we've had in Star Trek, period, where it is just like, oh, I'm just following orders. I'm just trying to do my thing. Oh, it's not that big a deal. It's the downplaying of bad behavior as just a part of how things get done and just a part of the system that makes this episode pretty good, honestly, when they just continually run up against just a little lack of information. Like, his reaction when they talk about murder... You know, Diana can't get a good read on him. Was he just upset by the idea of it or repulsed by being accused of it? You know, there's some ambiguity there. I think he doesn't <laughs> want the words brought up at all because he doesn't want to be called out on on his behavior because on some level he knows, yeah, I'm I'm a murderer for doing yep. this.
0: Well, um, and absolutely. And I mean, I I thought that his response to that first accusation was perfect because he yeah. said, "I do not take life. I only make it, or something. Exactly.
1: Like- no, that's that's yeah. I do not take life. I make it. Um, and that sort of God complex being juxtaposed with the realities of what they're actually doing and what the, that cost is. Now, granted, it only works in in a fl- far flung future like this because they have adapted to like such a complete respect for life since everything is replicated and there's no need to use animals for anything this story can take place like this but if i could just saddle my high horse again as a vegan um (laughs) sorry i would not saddle it as i walk next to my high horse because i respect its autonomy um (laughs) no i'm just i'm just
0: kidding (laughs) i was gonna say i that's news to me i thought you still rode horses
1: no, no, I, um, I'm sorry. I, I like I, what I said was I like to be ridden by cowboys. You probably ah, heard that. Okay. Now. Well, I mean, who Definitely. doesn't? Exactly. Yippee ki yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this episode had nuance and depth that I was not expecting from "Twinkle, Twinkle, Down the Laser Hole." <laughs> like this, this started a little. You know, it's not not terrible, but just like with uh, crouching tiger, hidden data, um, hopping around, dodging lasers and shit. But uh, the fact that he survives that encounter and the guy's only response is a year of work, like I think this investment in our work product, like they they this episode does a lot to depict the problems with like a lot of corporate atmosphere. Absolutely, we have a schedule to and work
0: life balance.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, we've got to do this thing. We've got to do that thing, and I think that
0: we've worked for eighteen hours a day. And we do it unless you are the guys
1: drilling at Chernobyl to save from complete meltdown. There's no reason to be working that hard.
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) To save the entire continent from being poisoned. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's my plug for Chernobyl. If you haven't watched it, everybody listen to this. Fucking fucking watch it. It's so good. You wanna see it's, the evils of bureaucracy, incompetence, lying, saving face, corporatism, communism, cronyism, all of it is just laid bare. It's like is. this this is what happens when people refuse to take responsibility and demand more than what is reasonable from people. Yep. It's just exceptional.
0: It is. It's some of the best television that has ever been made, ever.
1: Mm-hmm. For your Emmy consideration.
0: And also, please bear in mind that it is not anti-nuclear power propaganda. It is no. a depiction of what actually happened.
1: Yep. A lot of, lot of shit had to go wrong for that.
0: Um, twinkle, twinkle, laser hole. Is it rock? <laughs> no, it's a vole. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Um, it was something. <laughs> No, this... We're this, getting there. We're getting... We're
1: warming up. We're warming up. We're back in it. We're back in it. No I, no bad ideas in brainstorming. Keep going. Keep going. Improv, keep going, improv, improv, going. Improv, it's improv, just our brainstorming
0: session is out in public forever.
1: Uh-huh. Well, and it's it's not so much brainstorming as it's like brain sprinkling. It's like brain flurrying, you know? It's not quite... It's not quite there. It's but we'll, we'll get there. brain swamp. <laughs> it's electric. Um... <laughs> hydroelectric. I I also enjoyed their description of this entity and how they came up with, like, this was a cool alien. This is, for once, something that was truly not human. And that was exciting to me and interesting and brought up a lot of questions about ecology and good stewardship of the universe. Um, And it posed a moral quandary that we could see where they were going to land on it pretty quickly. Because the only the only fault in like the drama of this is if there were had been like a shit ton of people already living on the planet or something like that. Yes. If, That's when these decisions become hard. And then we see that with our own environmental impact of like, yeah, it's very easy to say, oh, only buy a used car and only buy electric or, you know, or only do this thing or only do that thing. Well, yeah, but this is the reality of life for millions and millions and billions of people. It's very easy to leave a lifeless planet, quote unquote, lifeless that four people were on with a terraforming station. That's not a hard sacrifice. It's a lot easier to ask a billion people to change their their habits. um
0: More than a billion.
1: Yeah, billions.
0: So, and your way they, of life. Didn't,
1: they didn't weigh the stakes well enough to make this decision harder, but the conversations had around it were still interesting, engaging, and uh worth your time. I really enjoy a lot about this episode. Me
0: too. It was. Uh... An answer to the original series "Devil in the Dark," which was one of my favorite episodes, if you recall. Pizza I rock.
1: Do. Oh, pizza rock! No kill eye. No, no kill, kill eye.
0: eye.
1: <laughs> good old pizza rock. That'd, that'd good be a old good. good rock. be a good Star Trek tattoo. No kill eye.
0: It would. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it's just <laughs> we now have. Two of my favorite things from these episodes, we have Pizza Rock and we have ugly bags of mostly water, which is just spectacular.
1: But it wasn't all ugly bags of water, was it, Cameron?
0: No, no, it was not.
1: What didn't you like about this episode?
0: Okay, I just, for the life of me, I cannot figure out what the fuck they are doing. Like, Thank you. <laughs> why are you, why, why, why do you have a, I, okay, so what, first of all, why is the water under the surface of the planet a problem? Usually terraforming has strictly to do with the surface in the atmosphere, at least in my limited understanding of Star Trek terraforming. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's to, you know, make a planet habitable for humanoid life.
1: Well, and it seemed like they were trying to pump out this water and make it not saline. Like, that's they were drilling down to it to get it out of there, desalinize it, and then use it in their terraforming process. But even still, would you want to remove a massive portion of the water table? like that if it encompasses the whole planet wouldn't that cause unnecessary uh you know long term problems
0: well and like what were they I mean what was their goal what was their process as far as terraforming that's what I don't understand because it seems like to me it'd be easier to change the atmosphere and then eventually pump out the water and treat it as you go
1: yeah like give me just, just start putting a bunch of CO2 in the atmosphere just get it to the right uh Consistency. I did Which like that they really good lived at. in a dome, um, and that they weren't just that it wasn't a planet just like Earth that they had to do some work to this one. But um, no. Additionally, not only did their terraforming plan not make sense, but even the the check in from the Enterprise it was like why they if everything's going according to schedule and according to plan does it. Why are you asking a scientific research vessel to check in on a terraforming station that has reported no problems, is on schedule, is sending their regular reports. Like if it weren't for this is the one time that they listen to Diana and she's right and it actually <laughs> pays off and matters. <laughs> Diana, sorry, I'm I'm gonna always do that. Um Well,
0: I mean she paid off in the last episode too.
1: She did. Um but she's the entire impetus for this episode. Like, if they don't listen to her intuition, this episode doesn't happen. It's true. Which, sure, fine. But now he better do that all the time when she's like, I have a bad feeling about this. He's got to be like, oh, shit, send an away team.
0: <laughs> oh, shit, son. Because now if he ever
1: doesn't listen to her, he'd just be in sexist.
0: Yep. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. Especially since she's a bona fide. Proven psychic.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I called her for my free tarot reading and she was right. You were not the father. <laughs> who was? Uh, turns out it was no one. I uh, I was spontaneously generated by the force. My oh, mother, okay. Shmi, carried me. Uh, I have a very high metachlorian count. Um, yeah. No, no but father. I mean,
0: who is the father of our baby that I've been raising lovingly this whole fucking time, Dan?
1: Listen, you get your checks in the mail. I don't want to hear it anymore. Okay. <laughs> I also did not care for um, the fact that the the one female scientist is alone crying over the dead guy, and Riker's like, "I'll go check on her." I noticed that she was uh, uh, female.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you need somebody to go check it on the, on the hot scientist. I can, uh, yeah, I can, I can do that. I was like, you are so transparent.
0: <laughs> well, I just, I hope that, you know, she was his first in, as he made his way through the crew.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just, that's why... Um, that's why uh, Mandel at the end was in a much better mood, as he had some alone time with Riker.
0: <laughs> our, our beautiful pansexual first officer,
1: grand romantic concepts. <laughs>
0: get it, get it, <laughs> get it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, I mean, just the entire—I didn't. I wish the terraforming process would have been more explained, and they it would have added some stakes. As far as, you know, if they'd even just said, we're doing this because we need to do this and it has to take place in a certain amount of time, which is why we've all been working so hard and have gone so crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seemed like they were going for like reckless scientists, but um, <laughs>
0: not? Most scientists are not reckless.
1: Yeah. The scientific method tries to keep people from being reckless, you know, it just like wags its finger at you and is like, don't be reckless. It says scientific method
0: that is the scientific method and you're correct mm-hmm. you are correct
1: No, Cameron yes Dan you ugly giant bag of mostly water
0: <laughs> well thank you for calling me giant bag mm-hmm. it's these bowling ball sized testicles I just I
1: can't they're a problem <laughs> but hey, to quote counselor Deanna Troy, all life is beautiful, Cameron.
0: That's that's true, Deanna.
1: And I wanted to be like, I don't know. You ever seen a pug when its eyeball pops out?
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Why it would happens. you say? Oh,
1: the, God. The, they've, been, they've been inbred so much. That it's is like it? a genetic defect in some pugs. Their eyes will oh. come out.
0: Oh, God. Oh. Mm-hmm. It ain't pretty. They put it back.
1: Well, yeah, you put it back in, it's still connected by the optical nerve and everything. I know, but I just oh no, you just leave it out. It's very chic to have a pug with one eye hanging out.
0: No, I just <laughs> meant, <laughs> I meant, do they amputate said eye?
1: No, no, although a pirate pug sounds adorable. <laughs> Little eye patch on,
0: like oh god, nope, nope, just nope, okay.
1: You're a man obsessed with what you do. Who knows what an obsessed man will do to keep going?
0: Kill, perhaps? I create life. I don't take it. I don't know what that was. I liked it. (laughs) Something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You see grand romantic concepts. I see unyielding rock under an ocean of sand.
1: That's a good line. It is a good line. Terraformers are often obsessive. It frequently goes with the career profile.
0: Way to way to generalize, Deanna. Along God. with great
1: pain. <laughs> 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 Seems we are becoming detectives, number one. Oh, I loved Wake. that, Jordy and. And Data spent the majority of this episode... Well, not the majority, but a good chunk of it down on the surface just playing space detectives. (laughs) Yep. That was fun.
0: It was fun. Mm -hmm. Analyze the pattern of flashes.
1: Not repetitive or sequential. Pattern not recognized.
0: What is the source of the flashes?
1: Unable to specify. Theoretically not possible from this substance.
0: Disregard incongruity and theorize as to source.
1: Beep beep, beep 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 beep
0: life. <laughs> Please show me spectral analysis. Magnification twelve K.
1: Silicone. Germanium.
0: Transistor material.
1: Geranium. Ansel, uh arsenide. Geranium andsin geronium arsenide.
0: Emits light when charged.
1: Cadmium. Selenide, sulfide.
0: Emits charge when lit.
1: Water, impurities, sodium,
0: salts. Conductor. Conductor. There we go. But is it alive?
1: Probability. Positive.
0: I wasn't asking you.
1: (laughs) Boy, that was a rough one. Those are some fun names of things.
0: (laughs) Of made up shit? Yeah, it's a good time. Some of it's not made up, actually. That's the best part. I
1: don't know. Sodium? The fuck is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Impurities. Sodium salt.
1: <clears throat>
0: Darkness. Death. Terrible. Must go home to wet sand. War. Over.
1: Agreed. We will send you home to your wet sand. Now that we've beaten you into submission with our superior intellect,
0: (laughs) I am Picard the (laughs) Warhawk. Ain't nobody can ask me. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We mean you no harm. Do you believe me? Yes. Good. It is important that you trust us.
0: Not yet. You are still too arrogant, too primitive. Come back in three centuries. Perhaps then we trust. Well, that was just <laughs> I fucking rude. To cre- Riker, fire all phasers. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to create a place where living things could thrive, and all the while I was about to destroy the life that is there.
1: That's what we call irony. That's dramatic irony, Kurt. just dramatic irony. Delicious
0: <laughs> dramatic irony. Two of them. Only life can replicate itself, Doctor. Inorganic or not, it is alive.
1: This is true. <laughs>
0: that was spooch, by the way.
1: Woo! Ah. Cameron, 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 Cameron.
0: (laughs) That's exactly what that's like, kids. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Earning that R rating today. That's what we're doing. (laughs) We might be an X rating, honestly.
1: Cameron, how many homicidal laser drills would you give this episode?
0: (laughs) You know, I... uh... I had a great time. It wasn't without its flaws, but I thought it was overall very well executed. So I'm going to give it three and a half homicidal laser drills.
1: Nice. I will give it 3.25 homicidal laser drills. We're so close, Daniel. I had a very good time with uh, the premise, and um, yeah, I enjoyed most of the execution quite a damn bit. It was a good time.
0: It was a good time. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one last thing for me to do, and that's to wish you all to not just have a great week, but make it so.
1: We'll be back next time with Coming of Age, so keep on trekking.
0: Here we go. Okay.
1: Oh sure.
0: Oh, oh yeah. gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh sure, Cameron. Oh Jesus. Oh criminy. Oh crap. Okay, so today we're watching Star Trek, The Next Generation, and uh, they were out there doing a little ice fishing at this terraforming place, you know, and then, oh, shoot, they saw some little twinkly lights and thought, well, that doesn't look right, so they brought them inside, and sure enough, they were little people-like things, they was alive, and they tried to take over the ship, and a guy got killed with a laser, and it was it was real sad there for a minute.
0: <laughs> it sure was, but it ended up okay.
1: Oh, sure. Because well, oh, sure.
0: it's 80s network television, you know. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. We can't kill anything unless it's uh, unless it's like a Klingon or something. Something that'll teach children violence, because that's okay. But don't get okay. too racy on me. I don't want to see no brasiers. <laughs> and that'll play after the credits. Go ahead, Cameron. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs>